Well, you didn't get the memo, so you came this morning. It's me. Sorry about that. Uh, and after I finish this morning, um, I want Jesse to keep the door blocked till I get through <laughs> because I'm going to have some enemies in here before the day is over. But it's all because he's put it on me, and I didn't ask for this. It just kind of hit me that uh, maybe we need it once in a while to remind ourselves of it. Um, <clears throat> and I'm as guilty as anybody in here, so before you say he's preaching on me, say he's preaching on us. How's a newlywed life coming on? You don't run off half of him here this morning. Came in and left. Glad to have you back. It's good to see you in church today. Uh, before I forget it, Brother Anthony is starting a revival uh, at his church today. Brother Albert Moser will be the evangelist down there, and he's going through uh, Wednesday night. That's at Oak Hill. So uh, if you can, go down and be with them and uh, be there in that revival. Christmas is close by. Uh, we had a good lesson this morning on Christmas, Sister Iris did. I'm not, uh, I'll turn this down since I don't have the uh, lapel mic. <laughs> Sometimes I think we ought to do Christmas every day of the year. Uh, did you ever notice that people sometimes are friendly around Christmas time? Some people speak to you, am I right, Brother Danny? Speak to you then, they won't speak to you any other time. I, I don't know whether they think Santa Claus has watched them or not. <laughs> Forget that. It's not about Santa Claus. It's about Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? It's all about him. It's not about Santa Claus. I don't care if David does dress up in them suits. He don't care if I pick on him. But God has been good to us in that we are blessed to know about Christmas and blessed to know about these things. But it's a little bit more than that. It's how we live before Christmas gets here or while Christmas is here. We are, we are in this world. We are blessed because we are here. We're blessed because we know him. I preached a few Sundays ago and I said we're the most blessed people on earth that we know the Lord that we have him as our Savior, that we are acquainted with him when the majority of, of the world, even the United States of America, has turned against God. Some have even gone so far as to raise banners and carry them in the streets and said, we don't want God in California. Well, some days I think they don't have him in California. But, you know, we, we've turned our back on the Lord, we've, we've, we've put him aside, but yet we are living a life this morning that... Uh, we should be examples to the rest of the world that's around us. We've got to let our light shine in this world because others are watching us. Last Sunday in Sunday school lesson, I think Brother David was teaching over here, and a scripture was read, and I asked a question, and Brother Claudius Tuck answered it, and he answered it exactly right, I think. But you read the scripture about the 120 that were in the upper room in one accord praying for the uh, coming of the Spirit or the power of God or for the Holy Ghost. They're praying for the dissension of the Holy Ghost. And I just asked a question, and, and where it come to me from, I don't have any idea. Some things pop up up here that I think sometime, Brother Jeff, I don't know where they come from, and I wish they'd leave. But, you know, sometimes these things happen. And I said, what if in that 120 there had been one in there that didn't believe in that, that wasn't in that one accord? 
would the Holy Ghost have descended, would the Spirit of God have fallen in that building if there had been a doubter within the bunch? And everybody was quiet for a second, and Brother Claudius said, no, it wouldn't have. I said, thank you. I believe that same way myself. I believe we have to be in one mind and one accord to get the blessings of God like we should get them. We are sitting here this morning, and I'm standing here, living beneath my privilege. We have the privilege this morning of being able to pray the prayer of faith and that Mike Heflin can throw that oxygen thing away from him and that others this morning can have healing. My wife could have total healing in her body. That others this morning, Brother Fletcher Black here, God bless his heart, we're glad to have you this morning. But that others that are suffering this morning uh, uh, with cancer, with all these other things, that we could pray the prayer of faith and we would be healed. But it's going to take something. We've got to get in one mind and one accord for this to really happen. Now, my subject this morning is not very pleasant. It's called the little member. Does anybody know what the little member is referred to in the Bible? Everybody stick out your tongue at somebody. You kind of wanted to do it anyway, didn't you? I wrote down some, uh, typed out some stuff right here, and I'm going to read it to you this morning, what the Lord just gave me as I was writing. The Bible says, for in many things we offend all. This is in James, the third chapter, and this starting at the second verse. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. I could read on, but James emphasizes our inclination to sin in our speaking. I want you to listen. This may not be a fiery message. I'm not going to jump in the pews. I'm not going to, you know, you know, stand on my head and sing Yankee Doodle, anything like that. I just want to read something to you that, uh, that, that's in my heart. Sins of speech include, but are not limited to, unkind words, lying, exaggeration, boasting, the mature believer keeps his tongue under control by the guidance of the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, He brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. He makes us aware when we are transgressing the law of love and thus offending both God and others. In James 1 and 19, the writer tells us to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The helm of a ship is the wheel by which the ship is turned or directed. It is not the most visible part of the ship, but is probably the most instrumental in the operation of the ship. The direction of the ship is determined by the operation of the wheel. If the captain of the ship is at the wheel and knows the destination of the ship, then the wheel will be turned in the right direction and the vessel will respond. Our problem is not the captain, but the order in which we as the wheel respond. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I've had and still have a problem concerning this member. I'm talking about Wayne. I have learned many times to bite this little member rather than let it speak. Times I have spoken and regretted it immensely later. 
Sometimes it required repentance or going to the offended one and saying, I'm sorry. It seems we have some people that just cannot learn when to speak and when to keep silence. And you ought to say amen, Longbow Simpson. Scared to, aren't you? Afraid who's sitting beside of you. Many beautiful people are ruined because they have learned, have never learned. Is anybody praying for me to shut up or quit or go on or what? I mean, this is real quiet in this morning. It seems many people <laughs> just cannot learn. Many beautiful people have been ruined because they have never learned to shut up at the right time. If the tongue is running wild, then the whole body is off course. It is amazing that we can tame tigers and lions and dogs and cats and whales and birds and monkeys and cannot tame one little portion of our own body. The saying, sticks and stones may break my bone, but words will never hurt me, is a false statement. Words do hurt, and the healing process is sometimes long and painful. We have lost many people because of our tongue. Proverbs 25 and 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver spoken at the right time in the right setting. It is very possible to tell the truth at the wrong time. Have you ever walked up to somebody and they say, how are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. Uh, how are you? I'm doing fine. Well, you look great. And all the while, it's not the truth. Sister Norman, you're with me, aren't you? Thank you. Say amen. Thank you. And we can sometimes tell some things that we shouldn't tell that might be the truth. Now, it is real quiet, and that's okay. If you want to take a nap, go right ahead. I'll probably wake you up before it's over with. <laughs> but we, we, are, we are prone many times to let this one little member say the wrong thing or say the right thing at the wrong time. There's times that it is the truth, but it's better not to tell it. I mean... I don't walk up to Roger and say, you look terrible today, although he might look terrible. Well, don't tell him so. Just keep your mouth zipped and let it go with it. But, you know, it's, just, it's like little babies. You look at them and you say, oh, they're so cute. They're the prettiest thing. Come on. You know what I'm saying. The little word tamed in Greek, means demonzo. It occurs only in one other New Testament passage, and that is in Mark 5 and 4 about the maniac of Gaudea. The meaning is control or dominion. James explains that man is made in the image of God, so to curse people and yet bless God is very inconsistent when we are using the same tongue. I grew up on the farm. You all already know that. I'm an old farm boy. We had horses in my early days. We didn't have a tractor. 
I was the happiest guy on the planet when Daddy finally broke down and bought a 49 Ford 8 in tractor in 1949. I thought I had died and gone to heaven when I got on that thing. He couldn't hardly get me off of it day or night because you could turn the steering wheel on that thing and it'd go where you turned it. And so I had been used to horses. Now horses, and James tells you about this, that you put bits in the horse's mouths to turn them whether you want them to go. We had one old horse, and it was a female, by the way. We had one old horse, and she was just as contrary as anybody you've ever seen in your life. And you'd have a bit in her mouth, and you'd pull on the bit this way, and she'd just do this. She wouldn't move her body one bit. She'd just all the way around. And we, they made bits then that would cut. They made them that had it. You know what I'm talking about, Roger? you with me, aren't you? You look pretty good this morning. And, 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 and those would cut the corner of their mouth when they turned, when you pulled on, and they'd have to turn rather than get cut. There's some people, it might be good if the bit had a little cutter on the edge so when it was pulled, it kind of cut and made you go in the direction. Does this make any sense, Tom? You know, every once in a while, we need to listen to the Word of God and listen to what He is trying to tell us. Now, this member is used to do one thing that Christ condemned more than one time, and that is to judge one another. We will never build ourselves or promote our cause by tearing down someone else. I'm going to read that again. We will never, we will never build up ourselves by promoting our own cause or tearing down someone else. Compliment your brothers and sisters. Compliment your neighbors. Compliment who you're with. Don't hold anything or say things against them. If you want to build and be loved and well-respected, then compliment and express care. Love and compassion for each other is needful. Church, it will work. I just want to talk for a moment or two. You know I don't like it up here. I've been hanging around the church for a long time, probably since I was nine years old. It's been a long time, Ben. I was wondering if you was going to come back. I was just talking about the needlewids, and you done disappeared. You still love her, or are you just trying to put up a front here? <laughs> you still love her? I have to check on them here. We, we, have had, we have had over the years ups and downs, good and bad, every, every which way. The church is a destined body of believers. Now, you can forget what I've already read up if you want to, and I'm going to talk to you for a minute or two. The church is destined. You and I are not. 
It is our choice if we want to serve him or if we don't want to serve him. It's freely given, freely received. The body of Christ will triumph. I don't care what happens in the world. I don't care what politics says. I don't care what the devil does. I don't care what goes on in this world. The church is destined for heaven. We have no other route in which to go. We are dead set on the glory world. We are not going to stay in this world. We are not going to be destroyed here. We are not going to be put down. We are not going to be sideswiped, but we are going to be loved by Jesus Christ himself because he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and the beginning and the end. And he is going to see us through regardless of what the world says. I'm not the least bit worried about it. The only thing I'm worried about is this boy right here. I want to keep him under subjection to the will of God. And some days it takes work, Brother Randy. Some days it's not automatic. Some days when you've got to put up with people like Danny, you have some problems of keeping everything under control. I ain't going to tell you you look good, so don't get that in your head. These little things can get us in more trouble than the rest of the whole body can. It is unbelievable what we can do and what we can say with this. I wonder sometimes, and now I'm wondering this is me, so you run this thing any way you want to run it, however you want to feel about it. Do you suppose, do you suppose if we could get this under complete control and if somebody comes to me talking about Tommy, I'd just say, look, let's just pray for him. Let's just pray for him. Maybe he needs, maybe he's going through something we don't know about. Let's just pray for him. I can tell you this right now. Oh, Lord. Sometimes we can't wait to get to this to tell somebody. That's all right. We ain't worried about it. We just can't wait to get to this little thing right here to tell somebody that Sandy Tuck ran off with Randy Hensley. Did you hear what happened to Sandy and Randy? But if, but if Randy comes in here and asks us to pray for his foot that's giving him trouble and he gets instantly healed and runs this whole building over, there ain't nobody going to get on it and tell nobody about it. Pardon my English. We need to tell the world about the good things the Lord is doing and forget about the trash that's going on on this earth. I say, God, wake us up. God, wake us up. 
I've told you before, I don't care about a picture of your possum pie and your groundhog casserole. I don't want to know about all that stuff. I want to know, hallelujah, I want to know what Jesus has done for you today. Tell me what he's done for you. My Lord, help us this morning. We want to be the first to spread gossip. Church, would it be possible, would it be possible to even imagine that if we all came in here this morning with the same mind and the same accord, with no hard feelings against anybody in here, I would pray right now, if you've got hard feelings against anybody in this building, that you would go to them right now while I'm preaching, sit down by the side of them, put your arm around them and say, forgive me. But would it be possible if we could come in here with no thoughts of evil against anybody, not to speak it? And we pray for the sick and we pray for the power of God, would it be possible for them to be healed and for the power of God to fall like it did on the day of Pentecost? I say, God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Send down the power like we have never seen it before in this place. We are. We are the chosen of God. No, we are not the only ones that's going to help you. We have been showing, we've been showing some films here, some DVDs on Wednesday night and maybe a Sunday night or two on the uh, Harbinger. Jonathan Kahn, who is a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, this man, I believe with all of my heart, is in touch with the Lord. There's been some episodes of it that I wish to God that everybody in here could have seen. The last one that was shown is unbelievable. It's bringing it right down to the time that we're in now, to even to the President of the United States. You've got to remember that 2017 was the Jewish Golden Jubilee year. And yes, Donald Trump made Jerusalem back as the Israeli capital once again, which had to be done before the end of time. He's fulfilled it. You need to see this. You need to see the last one also. And I went to Brother Ken the other day, and I said, something's kind of on my heart. He said, let's have it. I said, I think we ought to show those two uh, sections on a Sunday morning. He said, we'll do it. So we're going to show both of them on a Sunday morning, uh, one of them at one Sunday and one the next. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. You might find out where we are living right now and where we are. You say the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour he's coming back. We may not, but we know the pretty close to the time that it's going to be. It doesn't have to be the day or the hour. Let me tell you this. Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, five got in, the other five didn't. They didn't. They got oil in their lamp, but it was too late. Don't wait too late to get oil in your lamp. Don't wait too late to get filled up with the power and the spirit of the almighty God. Because if you do, you're going to be left on this earth to go through tribulation for seven years. You don't want that. You can't survive. If you can't survive what's going on now, you can't survive the tribulation period. 
may say, this is the worst preaching I ever heard in my life. Well, thank you. But I'm going to tell you right now, we are not playing church. We are not here this morning because it's Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, or whatever it is, and we're coming back this evening and coming back tonight. That's not just what we're doing. We're doing this because we're getting ready to leave this world. We're getting ready to leave this world, laying up my treasures in that home above, trusting, fully trusting in my Savior's love, doing what I can for that heavenly dove. I'm getting ready to leave this world. My Lord, isn't it going to be wonderful if the trumpet sounded this morning? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have an empty building left right here? <laughs> have a graveyard tore all to pieces out here? You say, boy, you're dreaming. I know it, but you may think I am. But this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You believe it? You believe it? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But you know what? We must get ourselves ready for that. I got married. I married this white-headed woman over here. And she married one that had hair. <laughs> Sideburns down to the bottom of my earlobes. <laughs> 67 years ago this month. <laughs> That's a lifetime, Danny. You're right. She, she lived right over here in the hollow. A little ways over the hill here. I lived a little further up the road by where I live now almost, close by. But I wasn't supposed to see her that day of the wedding. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I went over there to the house that day for something, but I didn't see her. And I'm going to tell you something else. I didn't put her wedding clothes on, her dress, her suit. She had on a gray suit. And I had a gray suit. I didn't dress her. But she was ready when I got there. And if you waiting for him to come down here, And Clorox this thing. And take all those thoughts out of here. And get yourself a little bit better than anybody else. It's not going to happen. He's going to come down to those that have made themselves ready. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife, it's in Revelation, and his wife hath made herself ready. We are going to be ready. She was ready to get married, just couldn't wait for what she was getting. There's been a whole lot of days since then that she wished to the Lord she hadn't been. <laughs> but 
can't do two things at one time, Lord. I can't remember. We, we are fighting a battle this morning against the sin of this world, against the powers and the principalities of this world. You are fighting something right now that you cannot see with your naked eye. You say, oh, boy, you done lost it now. Maybe so, but I'll find it before it's over with. Amen. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. I got scripture for it if you need it. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against powers, principalities, the wickedness, darkness of wickedness in, this, in high places in this world that we're living in. There is a mental, there is a mental power that Satan has that's going around trying to infiltrate the minds of every person in here. He wants to infiltrate your thoughts, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're thinking. He wants to get into that because he knows if he can, he's got a toehold in your life. We've got to fight, folks. Paul said, I crucify myself daily, daily, daily. I don't like you. Well, you better get over it. Amen. You better get over it. Because one of these days, one of these days, if we're going up there, we're going to live together. And there's not going to be any sin in heaven. This thing is going to be where it ought to be. We're going to worship the Lord. When, Oh, Lord, help us this morning, Lord. Just when you pull the reins, help us to go in the direction you want us in. Could, could wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be amazing? If, if we just got the power of God to fall like it did on Pentecost in this place this morning, next Sunday, you, you couldn't get them all in here. You couldn't get them all in. The word would get out. It would go. You say, well, I thought you said a while ago the good didn't, didn't spread. That kind of good would. That kind of good would. Actually, they'd all be wanting to get in on this deal, wouldn't it? I thank God this morning because I know him. I know the power of his resurrection. I know what he is this morning. There's a verse of scripture in Philippians. I think I told you the third chapter and the 20th verse. You found it, didn't you? You're good. These, these guys in the booth are perfect. And I want George to get a song ready for me in a minute. For our conversation is in heaven. What? You mean what I said about Wesley is in heaven? When I was talking about him the other day. It's in heaven. You better believe it. Conversation is not always what comes out of your mouth. It's how you act and how you're living. That's conversation too. Where well, conversation is in heaven. Have you ever said anything that you wish you could have taken it back the minute it got out of your mouth? Whence, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do the next verse too, if you don't mind. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. He's going to change our bodies. 
We were all born in sin. I don't care how pretty you are today. I don't care how much you dress up. I don't care how much you fix up. I don't care what you tuck here and what you build up here. I don't care what you paint here and what you do there. You still got a vile body that's changed according to him, right? No right or wrong. I mean, like I said, you can paint your old barn any color you want to, but still your old barn. Let's go to Philippians 4, 8. Paul writing to the church. Finally. Yes, this is going to be finally. I'm going to quit. Finally, brethren and sisters. Whatsoever things are true. Anybody ever called you and spit out a whole bunch of stuff and you know it's not right? We used to have two ladies, members of the church, they probably charter members of this church back in the 20s. And they had, they were good friends, but they had a little friction there somewhere or another, little comments once in a while. You ever see two people you know that were good friends and they'd call you up and talk to you about the other one and then they'd go eat the other one up? Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't, I can draw you a picture. I can even call names. And one of them, one time, the one that was so, and she was good. She was very humble. She was very good, kind, and everything else. And one day, this other one name came up in conversation. And this one said, well, you know, I think a whole lot of her but she talks so much, she can't tell the truth all the time. I said, well, that makes pretty good sense, you know, sometimes. <clears throat> she was the same one that couldn't come to church one Sunday morning because she said her head was swimming. And the other one said, well, if she's swimming, she ain't going to drown. Tell her to come on to church. Whatsoever things are true, when you call me up and answer the phone, is it true? Whatsoever things are honest, is it honest that you're talking about? Whatsoever things are just, I'm not expecting you to meet me at the door and say there's a good message this morning. I, I, I'm not even expecting to see hear that. I'm just hoping I can get out of here alive today. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, not on things that destroy someone's reputation or someone's character. This is not a good message for church in a way I know, but I think it's needful. For me, if nobody else, I'll take it all if you don't want any of it. Because I want to be able to build up someone. I'm reminded of something I saw in school in one of my books, and I don't remember which book it was in. And, and by the way, Jesse, I did go to school. That was back in old days, you know, I went to school. And they had this picture in there of these 
men, they had a, an old donkey, and he was as mean and stubborn as he could be, and they threw him down in a well. And then they said, look down, he's still living. So they started throwing rocks in the well. And you know the end of it. He just stepped on the rocks as they threw them in. And he kept stepping on the rocks. And after about a half a day, he walked out on level land. When they start throwing rocks, when they start getting on us, all the trials and all the tests that we have, just put them under your feet because Jesus knows how to solve every problem. He can this morning answer every need in your heart. And maybe you've said something, done something, you'd just like to meet him up here and say, Lord, forgive me. Or you'd like to go to somebody and say, Lord, forgive me. Or person, whatever, forgive me. I know it's different. But I'd like for us to get so much in one mind that we would say good things about each other and build each other up. You look great today. You really do. You look great today. Randy, I appreciate you. You're a good man. I love you, and I appreciate you, and I mean it. Danny, I mean it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, brother. I love you. Let people know. Let people know how you feel. 